From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Thursday, the 1st of September 2022. Good afternoon. Today, we're going to be talking about allegations of serious human rights violations in China. We'll also be discussing three of today's other important stories and discussing just why we're going back to the moon. But first, the UN's report on China. The United Nations Human Rights Commissioner has accused China of serious human rights violations against the Uyghur and other predominantly Muslim communities in the Xinjiang province. The long-awaited report was published on Michelle Bachelet's final day as UN High Commissioner for Human Rights and says the extent of arbitrary and discriminatory detention of Uyghur people and other predominantly Muslim groups may constitute crimes against humanity. The OHCHR says its report is based on a rigorous review of documentary material and its credibility assessed in accordance with standard human rights methodology. For years, human rights organisers have been speaking out over what is happening in Xinjiang, a landlocked autonomous region in the northwest of China, with the Chinese government accused of detaining over a million Uyghur Muslims, including in so-called vocational education and training centres. China has denied the allegations of human rights abuses and countered the UN's report with its own one, emphasising the threat of terrorism in the region, which has an active Islamic separatist movement, and saying its de-radicalisation policies have been conducted to the rule of law and do not amount to suppression of ethnic minorities. On the system of re-education camps, the OHCHR report says that even if the system had been reduced in scope or wound up, as the Chinese government has claimed, then the laws and policies that underpin it remain in place. And as such, there appears to be a parallel trend of an increased number and length of imprisonment occurring through criminal justice processes which suggests that the focus of deprivation of liberty detentions has shifted towards imprisonment on purported grounds of counter-terrorism. The report says allegations of patterns of torture or ill-treatment, including forced medical treatment and adverse conditions of detention, as well as individual incidents of sexual and gender-based violence, are credible. The UN Human Rights Commissioner has recommended that the government of China take prompt steps to release all arbitrarily detained individuals, urgently clarify the whereabouts of individuals to their families, review its legal framework, investigate allegations of human rights violations and more. China's statement in response called on the international community to see through the clumsy performance and malicious motives of anti-China forces in the US and the West, and called instead for the United Nations and other groups to investigate the human rights disasters and numerous crimes committed by the US and other Western countries. High Commissioner Bachelet and the UN had been criticised by human rights groups and Western officials for repeated delays in releasing the report, which was made public just 13 minutes before the end of her tenure. Ms Bachelet said she had been under tremendous pressure to publish or not publish. OK, so that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. 
starting with an update on the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant in Ukraine. On Wednesday, inspectors from the UN's nuclear agency, the International Atomic Energy Agency, arrived in Zaporizhia and, despite continued shelling, planned to visit the plant later today. The IAEA chief, Rafael Grossi, told journalists just before setting off to the plane that he was aware of the increased military activity near the plant, but that weighing up the pros and cons and having come so far, we are not stopping. Grossi added that we have a very important task there to perform, to assess the real situation there, to help stabilise the situation as much as we can. The comments came after the head of the Zaporizhia region accused Russian troops of shelling the route being used by UN inspectors, noting that they cannot continue to move due to security reasons. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. Following the assassination of former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe earlier this year, the Unification Church has been in the news quite a lot. Abe's assassin claimed that he killed the former Prime Minister due to his links to the church, which he claimed bankrupted his mother. Questions had been raised about the church's practices and their links to prominent politicians. The church has faced accusations of problematic recruiting, selling religious items and receiving donations, all of which have reportedly put religious families under financial strain and pressure. Yesterday, Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida announced that his governing Liberal Democratic Party will cut ties with the Unification Church. This comes after Kishida purged his own cabinet earlier this month, removing any politician with ties to the church. To those concerned and suspicious of the strong ties, he offered his sincere apologies. Liz Truss took part in the 12th and final leadership hustings last night, where she announced details of a couple of new policies. Truss was asked about her policy on so-called smart motorways, as well as speed limits more generally. For those of you who don't know, smart motorways see the hard shoulder on the side of the road used as a live road. In theory, they're there as a dedicated refuge point along the route at regular intervals, just in case you break down. Cameras also track breakdowns, with operators able to dispatch emergency services and close lanes to prevent an accident. The problem is that the system didn't work as planned, with accidents increasing following the introduction of smart motorways. Additionally, Truss said that she is prepared to look at introducing motorways with no speed limits, similar to those in Germany. So get ready to see your sat-nav tell you to go 200 miles an hour when you're at a standstill on the M25. That's all we have time for on YouTube today, but if you want to see our discussion of why are we going back to the moon, then watch the extended ad-free edition of the Daily Briefing over on Nebula. Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. So if you want to support the channel and get a more extensive daily briefing every day, you'll want to sign up. And there's good news. Our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers some of the best documentaries, is offering a deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $15 a year. That's all the best documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream and then more TLDR on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and it's always ad-free. Click the link below to get both services for less than $15 a year and support the channel.